You know, the difference between those who succeed and those who fail is not found primarily in talent. It's found in diligence and effort. And I guess one of the biggest things that I think keeps us from succeeding is fear. You know, I don't like spiders and snakes, and that ain't what it takes. (laughs) I just wondered. (laughs) But I don't. I don't like those. You know, some people don't like thunder and lightning. Some people don't like heights. they're They're afraid of heights. Some people are afraid of needles. Some people are afraid of germs. Some people are afraid of sickness. Some people are afraid of clowns. I don't like clowns. Do you like clowns? They're, they're creepy. Yeah, Dave's saying, yeah, he likes clowns. You know, some are afraid of being alone in the dark. Some are afraid to get bad grades. Some are afraid of the monsters under the bed or in the closet. You name it, and someone is afraid of it. That's all, that's all it takes. Someone's afraid of it. So stepping through the doors into a new year should be an exciting experience, shouldn't it? Everything that Dan was sharing up here, you know, that it made me excited about stepping into the new year as a new creation. All things new. You know, all things are made new. You know, we get to start over. We get a fresh start. Uh, start anew. That's, that's, that's why we call it New Year. It's new. Yet for millions of people, the adventure of entering the new year is oftentimes overshadowed by the fears that they're facing. And, you know, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I bet you every single one of us in this room, at some point in time this past year, faced some pretty serious fears. I bet you we all did. You know, the cold breath of fear knows all ages and every walk of life. No one is immune from it. No one is. Some people are afraid to go out of their own houses. You know, they're afraid to go to the grocery store or to the corner store in broad daylight. You know, there's a a name for that called agoraphobic. Some people are afraid to do that. Others are afraid that they might not find a job or that they might be afraid that they're going to lose their job. You know, parents may be afraid that the next ring of the phone might be bad news about their children. And I remember this as a kid. Every time my brothers and I would go out, my mom was always afraid that we wouldn't come back. And I remember the night that my brother, uh, the sheriff, showed up at our house and said that my brother had been in a serious car wreck. He had been racing someone and slammed into a tree. And I remember the look on my mom's face. She almost passed out. You know, sick people are afraid of what the doctor may say the next time that they go in to see them. You know, and thousands are afraid of the future. You know, fear, without a doubt, is one of the greatest enemies of successful living. It truly is. And, and not only successful living, but sometimes faithful living. Not long ago, there was a group of distinguished scholars that met in Chicago and They listened to a a noted scientist, and he gave this gloomy picture about the next 25 years. He reported that a person born today could very well live to be 100 years old. Okay. During that time, the scientist went on to say that he could possibly see that the world would run out of oil or natural gas, 
that there, there may be a massive drought across America, maybe a worldwide famine, a major American city is possible that they could be leveled by an earthquake. And I would say that that's a pretty dark and gloomy forecast. But you know what? Despite whoever the reports are, whoever it is giving that report, despite that, the future has possibilities, folks. Do you know why the future has possibilities? Because we know who holds the future in his hands. That's, that's what it's all about. You know, there, there are many exciting prospects for the new year and the, and the years ahead. Yet, fear itself is destructive. It's like taking a, a drop of black ink and dropping it into a cup of water. What happens? That little drop of ink doesn't just stay there in one spot, does it? It penetrates the whole cup. And it darkens the whole cup. You know, fear does not depend on how good or bad conditions are. It doesn't. It depends on our response to them. That's what it's all about. You know, your response to everything is vitally important. Because, you know, when a person is mean to you, your response to them is really important how you, how you handle that. You know, we can, we can always be mean back, can't we? Or we could, we could, we could kill them with kindness, lo- the love of the Lord. But it really depends on our response. You know, fear can tie us in knots. It can paralyze our thinking and our actions. And it can make our lives miserable. So what is fear? The, the, the dictionary definition that I found is it is a painful emotion marked by alarm, dread, threat, and pain. You know, it is the response to what we think might be unpleasant. You know, fear is as old as sin. If you remember back in the Garden of Eden, the day that Adam and Eve disobeyed God, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God was with them. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. And ever since that tragic day right there, fear has followed and influenced every member of the human race. We have fears as a child. We have fears as a youth. And it doesn't stop there. I would say that more fears hound us through our adulthood and even into our older ages. You know, but but we need to remember... That not all fear is bad. Not all fear is bad. You know, the, the fear that keeps a small child from stepping onto a busy street may save their lives. You know, as adults, we need to, this kind of fear from driving through a stop sign or putting our hand on a hot stove or putting our tongue on a cold flagpole. <laughs> Anybody watch the Christmas story? That is the, to me, that's the, one of the funniest scenes in that movie. <laughs> Indeed, there are some fears that are very helpful. But I want to tell you the fear that, that is above all other fears, and that's this. We need to fear God. And I don't think we do that much anymore. And what I mean by that is that we need to have this reverent respect in this all for the God who has made us. 
We need to have that. You know, repeatedly in the Bible, it tells us that it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom, isn't it? So my question is this, is do you have this kind of fear, a, a reverent respect and awe for God? You know, only those who can, only, only those who do can, I, I believe, can expect to know him and enjoy his blessings. You know, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 103, uh, King David reminds us of the fear of the Lord. And I want to I read that for you this morning here real quick. It's going to be up on the screen there. But I want to just share Psalm 103, verses 11 through 18. Here's what it says. It says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is, is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, because he's the one that made us. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it, and it, it's gone, and, it, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Wow. You know, to me, this is such a wonderful passage of scripture, a wonderful poem or psalm of thankfulness. And David reminds us that God's blessings are only for them that fear him. This kind of fear is the kind that blesses and it builds and it strengthens. This isn't the kind of fear that tears us down. This isn't the kind of fear that, that burdens us with, with something else. You know, it is, it is an anxious fear you know, that, that, that tears us down. Uh, a fear that chills and frees and kills us. But God is against this fear. He doesn't want you to have that kind of fear. He wants us to have the reverent awe towards Him. But he doesn't want us to have these other kinds of fears because they tear us away from him. And again and again, when God has spoken to men, one of the first things that he says is this. And we just talked about this at the Christmas story. When he said, fear not, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. He tells us that, that we should not have to fear. And I believe the, the key to overcoming fear is one thing. You know what it is? Anybody want to take a stab at it? What's the key to overcoming your fear? It's another F word. Faith. Thank you. That's right. It's faith. If we have faith, we cannot live in fear. You know, the Bible says that anxious fear is sin. In, in fact, in Revelation 21.8, it puts fear first in this list of sins. That, that will keep men and women out of heaven. You know, it starts there by the King James says, but the, the, the fearful. But here it says in the NIV, it says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts and the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. He tells us, but the fearful, 
you know, he's talking about that in the King James Version. It says the fearful are included in that list there. You see, God wants us to walk in faith, not fear. And so, folks, this is so important. We are starting new. This is a new year, the first day of the year of 2023. So what a better time than to start walking in that faith that we're talking about instead of being afraid. You know, COVID's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. And if we walk around fearing it, you know, we're, gonna, we're just going to imprison ourselves. We can't, we can't fear it. I mean, we can, we can protect ourselves from it, try to anyway, but we can't fear those things. We can't fear it anymore. And so, for years, God's servant David was hounded by Saul. Remember King Saul chased him all over the place. But David found help. David looked to the Lord and found relief. And listen to what he says in Psalm chapter 34, verses 4 and 7. He says, he says I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And then he goes on in verse 7. He says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Those should be comforting passages of scripture for you. Folks, this is the promise of God and his word. You know, put God first in your life, respect and, 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 and reverence him. And he is going to deliver you from that fear. I want you to consider some of the promises of scripture. Now, Dan and I are going to go through these pretty quick here. So Dan, you be ready there, buddy. You have your, because we're going to, we're going to blister right through these babies. But you know, if you want, if you want some more of these scriptures, all you got to do is look them up. Look up the scriptures that, that deal with fear in the Psalms. But talks a lot about that. In Psalm 23, 4, remember that passage? Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, the shadow of death, you know, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I will fear no evil. In Psalm 27, 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's what he tells us. In Psalm 32, 7, this is one of Selah's songs. I love Selah. How many of you listen to, ever listen to the songs that Selah does? I love that group. They're, they're so good. But it says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. That's what he tells us. In Psalm 34, 9, he says, Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. And then he says in Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. And folks, I tell you, I, I really believe that being in the word like this is going to teach us how to do that. That when we are afraid that we just have to put our trust in him. Psalm 91, 2 says this, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then Psalm 112 Verses 1 and verses 7 and 8 says this. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. It says they will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear 
in the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. Wow. So, as we all face the new year ahead, we're all in that same position. What fears threaten your peace of mind? Think about that for a minute. What are the fears that threaten your peace of mind? Psychologists, and I don't trust all psychologists. I, I, do, I would trust Christian psychologists before I trust anyone else. But psychologists tell us that there are four basic fears that plague most people. But I want to tell you something. The comforting truth is that God in his word provides the solution for every single fear that we face. That's why it's so important to be in the word of God. And, you know, I go through those periods, those dry spells. I tell you, I do. I I was in one of them just recently, you know, where I, I just don't do what I need to be doing in the word. And you know what I find? I find everything to just be miserable. <laughs> I'm so discontent. And, you know, and I do that to myself. We all do that to ourselves. That's why it's so important, I believe, for us to be in the Word of God. Because when we face those fears, we need to have answers. And the answers, I believe, don't come from the world. I believe the answers come from God and His Word. So the first fear that I want to share with you this morning is the fear of what if. The fear of what if. You know, you, you may be haunted by the fear of what if. Well, what if I lose my job, you might say? What, what if I have to take a cut in salary? What if I'm sick or what if I can't work? You know, what if my family is sick? What if the, what if the, the bills outweigh the income that's coming in? Are these legitimate fears? No! They're not legitimate fears. The Bible says they're not. Why? Because God is the great provider. Now, I want to say yes, because I heard some of you say, uh-huh. But, but you know, I want to say yes, too. But no, it's not. God is the great provider. In his Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus puts the issue very plainly. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 30 through 32. He says, If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. That's, that's what it's all about. And if you, if you go a little bit further down in that passage, what does it say? But seek what? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's what he tells us. Is Jesus' supply of our needs sufficient for us? Is Jesus sufficient in, in supplying your needs? Yes or no? Do, do you really believe that? Okay, all right. Good. Okay, next question. Is Jesus faithful? Okay, all right. Can you count on his love? Okay. The issue 
or choice is this. It's fear or faith. What's it going to be? What's it going to be, folks? It's either fear or faith. And only you can determine that. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 25, David says this. He says, I was young and now I am old. And yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. The second fear is the fear of suffering. Not only the fear of what if, but the fear of suffering. So my question is this. Are you facing the fear of suffering right now? Because, see, we don't know the inner actions of all of, our, of everybody here. We don't. We don't know who's facing that or who isn't. You know, this is the pain of, of body and of spirit. You know, and I can tell you right now, people, people can hurt us deeply, can't they? People can really do that. And sometimes it might be well-meaningful people that can really hurt us deeply. You know, we fear sickness and sorrow. We fear loneliness and, and, and grief. You know, but, but can God help us here? Do you think God can help us here? Well, yes. Yes, he can. He can and he will. You know, God will, will not shield you from all suffering. He's not going to take all that away from you. He will not shield us from all suffering, for this is part of life. But what he can do is he can limit, he can control it, and he can use it for your good and for his glory. That's what he can do for us. Thank you, because he can. You know, not many years ago, there was a woman who was critically injured in in a, a highway accident, and she spent many pain-filled months recovering. I don't know if you know of anyone like that. But in those months of her recovery, her Christian faith grew and deepened more than it had all her previous Christian life. And today, the good news is this. She looks back on this experience as the most valuable time of her life. And it was probably the most painful time of her life, and yet She looks at it and she says, that was the most valuable time of my life. The most valuable time. Think about what Jaronelle shared with us um, uh, last week. Or was was it last week, Jaronelle, that you were up or two weeks ago? About Letty and her family. You know, Letty passed away and it brought a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow to a lot of people. But in that passing... Three spiritual lives were born, and it could end up being more spiritual lives being born because of that. You know, whether God chooses to heal us on this side or on that side of eternity, it can be used for his glory and for his honor. Do you want that to be of your life? Do you want your life to be glorified and honor before God? I do. I want my life to be like that. You know, who knows how many people will come to know Jesus because of that situation. Suffering may be for the glory of God. It may be for the accomplishment of his purpose. It may be used to refine our character. It might be used for all those things. Whatever the reason, 
I'm telling you right now that we can trust the God who permits it. We can rest on his gracious provision for us. And we can leave the outcome in his hands. There's no better hands to be in than the hands of the Lord. I can tell you that right now. So, often suffering provides an opportunity to know the presence and the upholding power of the Lord Jesus Christ in a way we otherwise would never know it. Absolutely. And, and I believe that this was the experience of the Apostle Paul. Remember the Apostle Paul? Paul shares with us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This is what he says. He says, or because of these surpassing great revelations, he says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh. He said it was a messenger of Satan to torment me. That's what he tells us. He says, three times I pleaded for the Lord to take it away from me, to take this thorn away from me. And he go and, and going down to the next one there, there should be nine and ten here, it says, but he said to me, now listen to this. He said to me, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's what he tells us. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, he says, then, then I am strong. You know, we need not fear suffering, folks. God is in control of every circumstance. He permits it. He will use it for his glory and for our good. And he will be with us. We just talked about that. We just shared about that at Christmas time. What is the word Emmanuel? God with us. He sent Emmanuel, God to be with us. That's what it's all about. The third fear is probably the second on my list of high ones. It's, it's the fear of failure. A very common kind of fear is the fear of failure. You know, many people are afraid of falling short in school or on the job or in social situations or in various types of competition. We fear that failure. We want to be the best. We want our team to be the best. We want, we want to do well. We want to rise to the top. We, we want to achieve. This, in fact, I think sometimes is key to our problem. You know, because we fear failure because we rely on ourselves and not on the Lord. And we need to rely upon God. We want our desires and not His will. And, and, and that's, that's, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. Let me ask you a question. Is my microphone on? Did this die? Because it's not, it's not on there. It's on, okay, alright, good. It did, it did die. Okay, you want to you bring up a battery and replace it here so I can... Well, let me. We can hear you. Okay. Well, this is for the recording there, so they did. Let me ask you a question. What do you think God is concerned about? Do you think God is concerned about um, competition? Do you think that God is is concerned is concerned about um, your social situation? What do you think God is concerned about? I need two of them. Yeah. 
concerned about? I, I personally think that he's concerned about faithfulness. I think that God is concerned about obedience. I think that what God is really concerned about is uprightness of character. Do you think that God is concerned about integrity? I think that God is concerned about integrity. I believe all these things. There we go. I believe that he is concerned about all that. You know, if we set our sights on doing God's will, I believe that he will, he will help us to succeed. You know, that whole roster of heroes and, and, and of faith in the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, is made up of men and women who were just like you and me. Men and women who made it their business of their lives not only to believe God, but to do His will. That's who they were. You know, in the opening chapter, chapter 1 of the book of Joshua, God gives three good rules for success. Okay, preachers, guys, get ready, because this will preach. Three, three points here. He says, to go forward. Then He also says, to trust me. And then He says, to be guided by my word. There's a three-point part. And then the, the kicker of it all is he promises this. He says, I will never leave you. There it says, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. That's what he tells us. So not just the fear of failure, but I think one of the greatest fears, this is the fourth one, is probably the number one fear that most people have, and that's the fear of death. It's the fear of death. You know, I think that that's probably the greatest one. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26, Paul says this. He tells us that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. But you know what the good news of the gospel is? Is that Jesus has already won the victory over death in the grave. And, and, and no man or woman who, who trusts and obeys and follows Jesus Christ needs to be afraid of death. None of us need to be afraid of death. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 19, he says, because I live, you also will live. Next one there. Yeah, he says, before long, the world will, will not see me anywhere, but you will see me because I live, you also, you also will live. Friends, do you know that Christ came to deliver you and your loved ones from the fear of death? He did. He came to do that. How? By dying in your place that you and I might never have to know what real death is all about. Do you know what real death is, right? It's not the death of the body. It's the death of the soul. It's the spiritual death. He came so that we would not have to face that. We just celebrated this at Christmas because God became man. He was born in a lowly stable. So why did Jesus come? I believe he came in order to become one of us so that he could deliver us. He could deliver us from death. The writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus, what, what Jesus did for us. Notice what it says in verses 14 and 15. He says, Since the children have flesh and blood... 
He too, talking about Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. He has released us from that. God has delivered us from the fear of death for those who trust and obey and believe in his son. And that's why David could say in Psalm 34, 4, these words, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. That's how he could say that. So God delivers us in this fear-filled world, you know, from, from all of our fears, but only as we believe and we trust and we obey in him. And I guess this is it, you know, I want to think about this is, will it be fear or will it be faith for you as you face another year? 2023 has started. We are several hours into it. And the question is this, will it be fear or faith that guides you in this year? Guess what? You have the choice. No one's making you do anything. So what will you do? Will you be guided by fear or will you be guided by faith? Will you receive his son as your personal Lord and Savior? That's, it's your choice. Did you know that the antidote to fear is trust? And it is only a thought away, a prayer away. No one is going to push you over that, that, that chasm of, of, of struggle to the life that you want. No one's going to do that. God might nudge you, but you have to take the leap. You know, you, you must make this jump in your mind, and then you need to make it in your actions. You, you must take this jump with trust and determination and faith. After all, you don't call it a leap of fear. It's called a leap of faith for a reason. Do you remember the Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade with, with Harrison Ford? And he's standing there over this chasm and he's looking out there and he has to get over to this other place to get this so he can take it back to his dad to save his dad's life. And there's nothing there but this. It looks like it's like a 100, 200, 300 foot drop. But he has to take the leap of faith and he jumps and he jumps onto and he lands on this bridge that you can't see from the top. But then you can see it. He took the leap of faith. Guys, we are in a new year and that's what we need to do. It's called a leap of faith for a reason. So you will always have fear. You will always feel that. You always have that fear. Everyone will. But your trust must be bigger than your fear. Your faith must be, must be bigger than your fear. The, the bigger your faith, the smaller your fear becomes. Isn't that the truth? And the more you trust, the more you become... I, I truly believe this. The more you trust, the more, the more faith that you display, the more you become a path of miracles for the Lord. Do you want to be a miracle for the Lord? It is between fear or faith. It's your choice. 
God invites you to trust Jesus Christ and be free, free from the power of fear, will you join? Will you join me this year? I'm challenging you to adopt this theme. No fear in the new year. No fear in the new year. I'm a poet and didn't know it. No fear in the new year. Let's, let's do that. May 2023 be the best year of our lives. Regardless of what's going on in the world. Join me as we pray.